Welcome to the People of Packaging podcast, where we introduce people to the world of packaging and the people of packaging to the world. Here are your hosts, Adam Peek and Ted Tate. Hey, so last night I got to sit down uh, virtually and talk with uh, Steve Conlon from Five Wives Vodka. We talked about uh, sanitizer, we talked about production and packaging and kind of the roles of that place. So uh, if you want to support uh, Five Wives and Ogden's Own Distillery, you can go to fivewivesvodka.com. Or if you're not in the state of Utah, you can go to gacraftspirits.com and they will ship it to you. Let's get to the interview. I am here with Steve Conlon. Steve is the uh, CEO of Ogden's Own Distillery, and uh, we've got some kind of cool things to cover. This is actually, Steve, just so you know, this is my first uh, video interview for the podcast. So it's kind oh, of a interesting. first for both of us. For yeah. most people, it's their first packaging podcast, because let's be honest, there is a single packaging podcast. I was going to say, you found a niche. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's been it's been fun. So uh, we're gonna try this video format and okay. uh, see how it goes. A lot of time we'll do them live, face to face. But as as we all know, and what we're gonna discuss a little bit of is uh, just everything happening with COVID nineteen and how we're all kind of pivoting. So uh, maybe just why don't you take a, you know a few seconds or minutes or however long and <clears throat> just kind of provide a better introduction than your first name, your last name, and your title, which is sure. a small description of who we are. Right. So um, I'm one of the founding members of Ogden's Own Distillery. We started in 2009 up in Ogden, Utah. Um, started on a shoestring and a prayer. And, uh, you know, we've been in business for 11 years now. Um, and just recently, in the last 12 months, we've converted over to a corporation, did a big fundraise last year, um, started expanding our market footprint, um, building a new building up in Ogden of about 32,000 square feet that we're moving into this week, actually, um, in the midst of all this craziness. And we make, um, you know, Five Wives Vodka, which most people have heard of or and most drinkers have heard of in, in the Utah area for sure. Um, Porter's Whiskies, Madame Paterini Gin, and Underground Herbal Spirit, which was our flagship product when we started out uh, back in the day before um, uh, Fireball was the the all the craze, Jägermeister was all the craze. And we launched with a, a product to compete with Jägermeister. Um, and then about three years later, you know, uh, Fireball came along and changed the whole scope of the marketplace. And right. uh, so, but yeah, we we're, we're still making that. It's a great product. And um, yeah, so we make we make distilled spirits and uh, sell them to the masses. Yeah, and uh, so where do you guys distribute currently? You know, it just depends on the product, but uh, kind of in a uh, a summary would be um, Southern California, Las Vegas, uh, Washington, a little bit, uh, Oregon, Idaho, Montana, Michigan, oh wow, o Oklahoma. Um, those are the major places, but you know, ninety percent of our product is sold in in the state of Utah. In the state of Utah, yeah. yeah. California is starting to pick up for us. Um, California allows delivery, which has been a godsend. Oh yeah. Product in Southern California. 
So we have a couple um, delivery companies down there and they've been really, really pushing our product. And so it's going pretty well. Yeah, I bet. Um, I, I had a, a friend of mine who was putting out on Facebook, why, why can't we help keep, you know, bartenders employed and <clears throat> bars open by allowing for alcohol delivery? Um, you know, I know here in the state of Utah, whenever I've gone to a liquor store, uh, it's just been, I mean, the line is around the corner and I moved here from Colorado and when people had asked me, they'd say, oh, so Colorado and Utah, they're pretty, they're pretty similar. And I was like, well, in Colorado, <laughs> you could go get gas and then like for your car and then go into the store and buy marijuana if you wanted to. It was called right. the gas and grass. Really? And, and then I moved to Utah where it's a 15 minute drive to get a bottle of wine. Yeah. <laughs> so socially, there's there's a lot of differences, obviously. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's actually that difference that allowed us as a small company to get into the booze business. When I tell people we started this company on a shoestring, I mean, it was um, less than a lot of people's houses uh, in this area. Hmm. And uh, the fact that the state was our one customer was actually yeah. a real benefit. We were able to deliver to the state and they paid on time. And uh, whereas if you were in a, a state like Colorado, you'd have to go out and beat up every mom and pop to bring right. the product in, you know. And so um, there there have been be benefits for us to launch that way. But in the terms of growing and, you know, getting nationwide presence and everything, it's um, – you know, it's a whole different strategy in other states. I bet. That. That's yeah. such a great point. I didn't even think about that of supplying. And I was telling my friends back in Colorado, so I've been here now for two years, that there is a really cool, you know, microbrew scene and, and craft distillery scene here in Utah. Um, I, I think that Utah's really smashed a lot of the perceptions of the state. Um, and yeah. uh, that's been that's been really, really neat to see. Yeah, you know, I mean, I've always joked, I'm from Austin, Texas originally, and I always tell people that if you get to Utah and you find the undercurrent of society, you're going to have a lot of fun, Yeah, <laughs> because it really goes hard, if, if you know what I mean. It's like there's almost this rebel mentality and that there's a the pendulum swings really hard once you get into that subculture. Right. And uh, on the brewery and distillery side of things, you know, when we started, High West was the only distillery in the state. So we came along about a year and a half after them. And, uh, you know, they had started with millions and we started with, you know, very little. And um, their model was completely different. You know, they wanted to be a boutique kind of Park City, ski yeah. in, ski out kind of place. And we were just like a get it in the bottle type thing and get it to the masses. And... Uh, you know, since then, I think there's 13 or 14 distilleries now here, and there's over 40 craft breweries. I mean, yeah. I, there's, I can't even name two thirds of them. You know, I yeah, mean, I there's, there's a lot of quality beer going on here. Yep. So, and speaking of quality, so uh, I am enjoying a glass of the Porter's Peach. So it's a good little sipper, isn't it? What's that? It's a good sipping. Concept. It is. Yeah, it's great. I, I take the Porter's apple and just pour it over ice and just sip on it, too. So, yep. That's, so all that's what I've got. That's what I got going on. Yeah. Um. So I had reached I, out I, to you. I'm drinking Fanta. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Hey, you got you to do what you got to do. I, I know that you guys have been 
Um, and this is this is kind of part of the thing that I find sort of interesting right now is our whole society has shifted. I mean, everything changed as far as I know. I mean, I'm like I'm 39 years old. Um, so I was, you know, I was 21 when 9-11 happened. Uh, I was in my late 20s when the financial crisis hit. So I've been through a little bit, you know, right. wars and stuff like that. I, I don't remember this. This is this is crazy. I mean, you hear the word unprecedented a lot, but I'm finding that there are industries and companies like yours who who probably have a couple of different things going on. One is I don't know about your own and feel free to disclose however much you want, but you see alcohol sales are going up, at least across the United States as people are coping and they're at home more and you know some some of it's just casual and for other people it's it's really destructive and you know we don't have to sure. get into that but um you know well, so you I, have that I mean, and then and then you guys decide to do something entirely different and i and i'm excited to talk about that too so yeah. um so we always understand that we're in a business where there are people who shouldn't be customers let's just put it that way sure you know and we're fine with that you know make make your smart choices and mm -hmm. And be responsible, and uh, you know, don't drink and drive. You know, those are those are my um, those are the creeds we live by. You know, well, same can be said about food, by the way. It's not like right, right. I mean, it's it's the same thing for almost every industry. Yeah, and so I think you want me to jump into kind of what's happened to us right now. Is that? Yeah. Well, I was just thinking because as as we were talking, you know, before the interview, you were just saying how it's just been so crazy yeah. and i would think it would be crazy even if you weren't moving even <laughs> if you weren't if you were just if you were making you know uh whiskeys and vodkas and did yeah. you have bourbons as well i don't uh just the whiskeys yeah okay yeah. whiskeys yeah. and vodka if yeah. that's if that was quote it i would imagine it would still be a lot and yeah. you decided to move buildings and then also this venture into hand sanitizer which i i have seen a lot of traction on social media about right. um, and things like that. So it's like yeah. So what I mean, we I, I I'll go back to what you just said about um, alcohol being kind of on the rise in general. We only get monthly numbers from the state of Utah, so it's real hard for us to tell yeah. until we get the months in numbers. But I can say this: in March, our sales were up fifty percent. Yeah, which is, that's a good month. And just from anecdotally, what I can see, it looks like things are um, going pretty well this month in the liquor store. Mm -hmm. um, and so we are um, busy on the on the liquor side, right? And then, um, you know, basically March 18th, there was a 5.7 magnitude earthquake in Salt Lake. Yep. And and that day will forever mark just a complete um, shake of my whole entire life and existence. One, because I woke up to that and I, I live on the 21st floor of American Towers and I swayed for like two minutes and right. freaked out. But that day, the, the federal government lifted the um, permit requirement for distilleries to create hand sanitizer. Okay, so we weren't legally allowed to until that day. Mm -hmm. And we got a notification that afternoon. It said, "Yo, if you guys want to make hand sanitizer um, through June 30th, you're now allowed to. And uh, I went down to Tim Smith, our production 
person. And I said, Hey man, we can make hand sanitizer now. We should do that. He's like, you really want to do that? And I said, well, <laughs> I, I, I think we should, you know, I mean, we were just kind of right. like, I mean, we, people have been asking us, so why don't we, why don't we do it? And the next morning came in and had a little meeting about it and said, let's, let's find some packaging. Let's throw some labels on and let's see if we can have it out the door by uh, Friday at noon when we opened our, when our store. And so, but you know, having, we had two great example, two, two great things going for us at that point. One was stupidity, right? We didn't, we didn't know anything. Right. Two, sometimes. Yeah. Two, we, well, there's three, actually three great things. Two was we have packaging connections already because mm-hmm. we've been bottling, you know, for, for 10 years. So we have, you know, a great relationship with industrial container here in Salt Lake and yeah. um, had some other co- contacts. And then three, we had a print shop right across our parking lot. Okay. And so I went over to the print shop and I just said, Hey, you know, we're going to make a few hundred gallons of, of hand sanitizer. Can you, uh, we just got off the phone with the industrial container. They're going to give us like 400 bottles of eight ounce bottles. And uh, we've got some gallons coming and, yeah, we're going to blend some up and sell them. And uh, so we did that. Um, and when we uh, announced it, we had a line down the block. Right. By one o'clock on Friday afternoon, like like 200 people. Oh, my God. And we were like, oh, my God, what have we done? <laughs> and, you know, it was something that happened. And this is an interesting packaging thing. And I think I told you this when I first met you is that or I, I didn't tell you this whole story, but we, I, we didn't know what we were doing. And I, I told my assistant, I said, jump on, jump online and, and buy us like 100 one gallon bottles. Right. And she jumps online and she buys them. And I said, did they have pumps? And she's like, I'll check. And so she calls them and they said, we've got 300 pumps. And she calls me back or she comes back in my office. She goes, how many do you want me to get? And I said, well, get them. Let's get them all. And um, she comes back and she calls them again. And they were down to 24 pumps in like 10 minutes. Oh, my God. And, and my brain went, oh, my God, there's a rush on packaging. Oh, yeah. And this was like on the Thursday afternoon before you know, <clears throat> we went live on Friday. And so what we did either Thursday afternoon or Friday is we got our hands on as much packaging as we could afford. And right. we could just, from the line we had out the door, from the feel of that rush of just contacting, you know, this random online company and then talking to our contacts, um, you know, we, we literally bought sixty, $70,000 worth of packaging. Yeah. Um, knowing that worst case scenario, we'd, bottle up a bunch of hand sanitizer and sell it at cost, right? Right. Just to, just to get rid of it. But that hasn't been the case, obviously. Because No, obviously not. Is, I mean, we made, I think, um, 540 gallons that first day with hydrogen peroxide all stripped from the shelves of every Walmart in the area. And uh, since then, um, as of today, I think we've made 11,000 gallons and wow. packaged it all. So. So yeah, it's become a major a major effort in the last five weeks for us. Well, I did buy uh, I bought some hand sanitizer when I came up there, and uh, 
Yeah, it's just it's it's crazy to me to think uh, like I got I got both of them. Nice. Uh, this this little spray is is great. It is, isn't it? It's pretty nice to just have a have something to spray on real quickly and yeah, three little squirts in your hands are good and it lasts forever. Like yeah. people are coming in and buying five gallons from us. I'm like, what do you you can't you can fill a bathtub with that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> That's about all you can do. But, but I, I mean, people kind of freak out a little bit, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean. Well, and there are some people who are buying it for, you know, disinfecting nursing homes and things right. like that where, you know, it's a. Uh... And so, yeah, we 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 really got a lesson in packaging. And right now we're, we're still chasing packaging, mm-hmm. right? It's like uh, we know what we can produce over the next two months. And we're. We're literally doing the math like, okay, we've got X number of two and a half gallon packages, X number of eight ounces, X number of 16 ounces. How, how many, you know, blends can we, can we mix that up with knowing that we can't get anything else that we've already bought. Now we're having to chase down these other types of packaging. And so, you know, we're going to have some four ounce spray bottles some eight ounce spray bottles i have no idea what they're going to look like but we've committed to buying them when they get here the first week of may yeah that's just what's out there i know and and so was it was it any kind of a learning curve then for just production um because you're going from filling is it is it exclusively glass yeah so you know that's a great question um just pet i can't uh, hcpe yeah. Oh, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. PET from my. It's plastic. We'll just yeah. go <laughs> <laughs> So here's what's kind of crazy. That's a great question. I hadn't really thought about it. But when we started small, we hand bottled everything. Sure. Right now, everything's automated. It takes three guys to move thousands of bottles through our conveyor belt system and, and automated um, capping and automated labeling and everything. Mm-hmm. But for the first three years we did all that by hand and so it was just a return to our origin and it still is i mean we we haven't automated any of this we have like seven people there every day now okay just hand filling we have automated fillers so forehead fillers where you put four bottles in push the button fills up okay then they come on another guy grabs the bottle um, puts the cap on another guy grabs it puts the label on another guy grabs it puts it in the box yeah. yeah, it's total manual, but you know we've got a great crew. They're a lot of fun. They're having a good time. They're um, you know jamming to country music all day today. Other days it's something else, and and so that's one side of it. The other side is we've done mini bottles for other markets like Michigan and Idaho and stuff, and those all have to be done by hand. And so our crew is kind of still used to doing some hand bottling. Got so, it. Um, yeah, it wasn't that hard of a transition other than, you know, I put out a Facebook call and hired about six more people, um, just to, cause it's such a, a manual operation. Right. And, right. Uh, and, and now we're coping with five gallon jugs that require giant wrenches to tighten the, the, the lids on securely. And, but, you know, it, it's very, um, it's a very rudimentary process. There's no. There's no glamour to it. We're, you know, right. slapping everything on hand and by hand, and um, you know, getting through it. So that's cool. And yeah, that, and it all makes sense. And it's it's it, it was probably super helpful to have had that background. So as you were talking about, kind of your, you know, kind of your bootstrap, 
call it like inauspicious beginnings where it was kind of all hands on deck. <clears throat> you know, I'm sure you were back there filling and everyone's just kind of doing whatever it was. And everyone's kind of, uh, there's a quote from, I don't know if you like to play Hamilton I at all, but, it, but... Um, there's a, there's a great line where he says, I'm just like my country. I'm young, scrappy and hungry. And that's yeah. kind of how you guys were just, uh, that's how that's, those are your origins. And so that makes a ton of sense that you were just able to go, Hey, this is who we are. We, right. we, we can, we can do this. We got the letter. So what was the time? So from the time you got the letter till you first sold to somebody at your door was how many days? Four? Um, no, we got the letter at four on Wednesday. We sold at noon on Friday. Oh my gosh. And then we were surprised by the uh, FDA showing up at five o'clock, 4.30 on Friday going, um, we need to test your stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay, here you go. We're just doing what the feds told us we could do. And they're like, well, I like, yeah. I liked on the bottle, it says uh, World Health Recommended Hand Rub Formulation. Because um, yeah. I'll be honest, when I went up there, I'd heard about it. And uh, I was like, you know what? I could use a drive. I live down in Salt Lake City. Yeah. And so we just we cruised up to Ogden and um, I wanted to support uh, Carson over at Utah. Right. Uh, you know, I I've uh, kind of been I, I've known him now since they went to go start. And I went by your place and I was like, OK, but is this hand sanitizer or is it like a novelty? And literally putting that on there, I was like, OK, come here, kids. You know, you're. Yeah. Well, and so that's one great thing that, and, and this is interesting, and this is just, you know, again, I was said I was stupid enough to do it or dumb enough to try or whatever. We got that letter, and it was very clear. It said, you're now authorized to do this. You have to follow this recipe that is on here, mm -hmm. and you have to put certain things on your label. Yeah. Okay? And so... Um, that's the very narrow lane we're allowed to operate in this. Like we can't put any smell stuff in there. We can't sure. change from this formula at all. And we had to put, you know, that it's from the uh, recommended formulation and, and so on and so forth. It didn't say anything about registering with the FDA. It didn't say anything about talking to them. It didn't say anything about FDA label requirements. It didn't say anything at all. So, so when the FDA shows up, they're like, well, one, we're going to take samples and test it all. But two, you're not following our guidelines. And we're like, well, no one told us we had to. So right. what's going on? So then it took another few days of sorting that out. But luckily, even with the FDA, it, their requirement was basically jump on. Within five days of producing, starting to produce, you had to go register your, your company and your, and your recipe with them. And so it, while the FDA's website sucks more than any website you'll ever experience, yeah. it wasn't that bad of a thing um, to just jump through the hoops needed. So, yeah, yeah we, if we had, uh, if we hadn't jumped on it so fast, I mean, we might have saw the headaches associated with registering and all that stuff, and went like, oh, there's, there's a little bit of barrier to entry, but. We were just yeah. enough to get it done, you know, and our test came back of our product just perfect and everything. So, yeah. What's the phrase? Sometimes it's easier to ask for forgiveness than for permission. You guys just went for it. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It, just, yeah it wasn't even forgiveness. It was just ignorance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did they have I was I was noticing this. Uh, um, 
is there is there no like minimum font size? I was trying to read this and I was like, oh my gosh, I have <laughs> no clue. Um. Anyway, I just thought that was fascinating. I was because I, I I worked in the label and kind of secondary packaging world for a while. Yeah. And so there's a lot of FDA regulations on certain things. Um. And well, I was I, assuming that they had relaxed some of that just to get it out the door. Um. You know, I'm gonna play dumb on that one. I don't okay. know if they're minimum. Uh, but what I, what I will say this is when I got a little baby bottle of Purell, yeah. it had like the fold out label with everything, you know, or the accordion, like where, and it was still too small to read. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think for something that small, I think, you know, there's some wiggle room there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure, it's, sure. Not the, sure yeah. it's not the primary. It was just one of those things that I, you know, I just happened to notice. So yeah. let me ask you, let me, uh, on, on, since this is like, you know, we, we have a lot of packaging people and uh -huh. I think it's a really cool and fascinating story from the automation to hand filling and all that stuff. So one thing that we've run into uh, in in kind of the packaging side of the world is like you were talking about this run on packaging specifically for this. And the people like industrial container and supply are just going like, we're buying as much as we can, but there's a giant low level supply, high level of demand. Um, and what's been really interesting to see from my perspective is how packaging is shifting to move to change some of the delivery methods. So I've spent the last two days trying to get people uh, film that you can seal, right. to put sanitizer in. I never in a thousand years would have ever thought that somebody would be buying a tearaway single use hand sanitizer, but oh my gosh. And, yeah. and the only reason it's there, the only reason it's there aside from COVID-19 is because of packaging. It's just, we can make the sanitizer. I was at a store this weekend. I won't name the store, but I noticed someone else's hand sanitizer and it's basically in a wine bag. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's got the port, it's got the spout on it. I yeah. mean, I can't even imagine like how much comes out when you hit the, like, it's like filling a wine glass type thing, you know? I mean, it's yeah. like, they're going to go through that fat. It's like, you just got to, uh, you know, it's what I wonder about on that. And my first thought was, huh, is the consumer going to accept that? Right. Is it not for is the, the long time? I don't think, I don't yeah, think long term yeah. they will. I think yeah. now because yeah. the demand is Cause there. it's the only option they've got type thing. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's fascinating. I mean, we're trying the, our internal debate right now is, we actually like being in the hand sanitizer business. We we think it's actually a really cool little business, you know. And um, so we're debating right now what's our long term strategy for packaging. You know, are we gonna do two ounce PETs with the spray top so that when we're at events and stuff, we can hand them out. We don't want to be at concerts handing out glass bottles, you know, right. dropped and broken and stuff. Um, you know, or do you want to do boutique kind of feeling? Boston round stuff at 16 ounces that are sitting on the, the counters in salons and that sort of thing. And yeah, it's a, it's a fascinating thing to be talking about and thinking through and all the reasons for doing what you do. You know, booze has always been easy. It's like we're, we've had a nostalgia kind of branding behind mm -hmm. our booth. So it was like, Hey, make it look like it came from an old bar. You know, that's, yeah, that's, it's been pretty easy. Yeah. But, yeah. This we have some real consumer choices and things we want to. There's some people talk. can see. Yeah. Yeah. Five wide. Nice. So yeah, we're we're really you know 
having that internal dialogue now about what's what's the best path yeah and i mean like if you look at that bottle you held up I, you know we went because we're doing hand bottling we went with one label that wraps all the way around right yeah so doing this in a hurry by hand i would have never done that i'd have a front and back label you know and everything so it's funny the choices you make just out of expediency to get as much product into people's hands as possible at a time when everybody you know whether they need it or not. I mean, you don't need hand sanitizer. I'm not going to BS you. People can wash their hands. Right, right. Yeah. And hand sanitizer is important in the medical field. Right. There are protocols they have for washing their hands and when to use hand sanitizer. And that protocol cuts down infections by 25 to 50% in some cases. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, I mean, I like to tell the story. A friend of mine told me that when his daughter was in the um, newborn infant care unit he was told that what doctors used to do is the the practice was don't wash you have to wash your hands if you think you've touched anything between touching the baby right so you set a baby down you go do something you come back and if you haven't touched anything you don't have to wash your hands okay if you've think you've touched something, you have to wash your hands, you know, the 20 second process, whole mm, right. scrub. So what would happen is people would either be lazy or they wouldn't realize they touched something and the infection rates would run about 25% on newborns. Wow. So now the process is hand sanitizer, no matter what, before you touch a baby. If you think you've touched someone or something, wash your hands. So just by adding that automatic step it's reduced infections down to near zero so it yep. literally saves lives in the hospital setting right yeah but at home you know i come in my front door i don't even use i don't use hand sanitizer i go to the sink and wash my hands you know right right uh, i don't i don't know it's it, people are funny yeah that's one yep. thing about humanity we're basically lazy so if you show us a shortcut we're gonna <laughs> take it and and you know and that's fine. That's fine. We'll we'll sell all the hand sanitizer we can. You know, yeah. We'll, we'll keep making more. So. Yeah. I'm wondering, um, and, and I'm sure you guys had this conversation much more than I do. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I'm wondering about if, if like this this hopeful sort of return to whatever normalcy is. Uh-huh. Um, I'm wondering, I, I think it's I, I I'm I'm afraid for companies who don't have a primary business already, like you guys already have a primary business. Right. And you're like, oh, hand sanitizer is really nice. Then there's companies who are like, we are going to be in the hand sanitizer business and they and they neglect everything. I'm like, but this isn't, I think our whole goal is for this to not last forever. I think we'll be more cautious. I think sure. people will be washing their hands more. I think hand sanitizer will still stay, you know, but but the gojos of the world are still going to keep making it. So I'm sure I'm I'm just wondering and even in the packaging world, how many people are going to all of a sudden be sitting on this huge, you know, glut of inventory of bottles and caps and sprayers that they brought in for hand sanitizer? They just can't move anymore. So I, I don't. Yeah, that's no, don't that's a great. Uh, we do have that conversation every day almost. And we, I'm sure. We, yeah, we're trying to pace our demand with our packaging and our variety of packaging. Right. right. And, and it's a, it's a struggle, you know, and 
we are lucky enough to have the history and to have the the financial ability right now to say um, we're going to buy this in large volumes. And so um, going back to kind of what I said earlier, I kind of know that right now I I have enough packaging for say, and I'm just kind of pulling this number out of the air for 15,000 more gallons. Right. I kind of know I have that on, secured of, of various sizes yeah so then when i get through about let's call it five thousand more of it i'm going to be going like all right what's our what's our need versus what we've got do we need to pull the trigger on more packaging now what's coming from china what's coming from where at what date can we make those two match and it's a daily a daily discussion about okay yeah you know hey get on the phone see see if those nine thousand units are still available in mm-hmm. Tennessee or if they've dropped, which you know they have because yeah. you're buying them right now. Right. And so it's a daily operation for us. Um but I think mo- and I'm I'm just guessing based on what I've pulled out of Facebook and other things, most small distilleries in the area are making a few hundred gallons at a time. You know, they're sure. they, no one, no one ramped up like we did. And, um, you know, I, right now, once we get into our new building, if, for those of you who probably don't know, we operate out of a little 6,000 square foot metal building right now. And for two years, we've been working on this project. It's a 32,000 square foot, um, oh. facility with a, with a new bar and, a, and an amphitheater for music and all this. So it's a whole different operation. But we figured out we can do about 14,000 gallons of hand sanitizer a week moving forward once we're in this building next week. Wow. Yeah. And so, um, and sitting here, you may go like, well, that sounds lunatic. That's, you guys are crazy. Like, why would you be scaling up like that? That's insane. Well, I got a call yesterday, two days ago. It's all blurring together, so forgive me. Sure, sure, sure. It's fine. Two days ago, I'm I'm driving down to the new building at lunchtime to see where we're at, you know, getting for, ready for inspections and stuff. The guy goes, hey, I've got uh, a guy that wants to buy a million units a week. Okay. Um, I said, well, what size? And he goes, well, eight or 16 ounces. I went, okay, well, that's, that's great, but do you realize how much that really is, right? Yeah. Um, I said, I don't know where we get packaging. I said, we, where would we get, you know, ingredients where, and so I went back to the office and I did the calculations on it. That's basically a tanker truck of 7,000 gallons. Those tankers you see going down the road is about 7,000 gallons. Okay. That's a 7,000 gallon tanker truck, seven days a week to meet a million units of 16 ounces right it's like there's yeah i mean sure we all want that (laughs) yeah 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 i'm going like that'd be that'd be something like 35 million dollars in revenue i i wish i could do it but you know right i don't think you know who we are (laughs) so so you know while you sit there and you think oh uh, boy who's gonna be stuck with hand sanitizer at the same time there are people out there looking for massive amounts right now oh yeah Oh yeah, definitely. And and it's not, I mean, when I, when I kind of ask that question, I'm thinking, well, it depends on who you listen to. Right. But maybe, maybe over the summer there's a a drop. I think if we don't have a vaccine, we'll see a return to this. 
I also think that people are going to be way more cognizant of the flu. It's all of a sudden, I didn't know how many people died from the flu. And now everyone's like, oh, well, the flu only kills. And I'm like, how many people does the flu kill? Right, right. I mean, I just had never, it was just never a thing that I thought about. So um, yeah. I'm sure it's not going away. I just, there's a part of me that gets a little bit leery. And, and by the way, I was going to tell you, um, when I, so I, I went to, I went to the distillery and I was there with my sister and I turned to her and I was like, I, I thought this place would be, I thought you guys would have a bigger building yeah. because of the, pre, because of the prevalence of the brand in Utah, yeah, right. I was expecting something. And I was like, huh, this is interesting. And, and I told her, I said, I bet you this place is jam packed working all the time, um, oh, yeah. probably yeah. over time. Yeah, it's, uh, we're looking forward to the new place. I bet. Yeah. I, bet. I mean, to make, we made, eight, we made 8,000 gallons of hand sanitizer in the last um, 10 days or so. It literally took every vessel we had in the building. I mean, yeah, and now we've got enough um, space and tanks and we did, we brought in new tanks that just arrived today. Next Next week, we're going to be able to, like I said, we can turn about 15,000 gallons a week if we need to. I don't yeah. think we'll need to. I, I don't know. We sold 8,000 gallons this week. Right, right. You know? yeah. <laughs> and that doesn't disrupt your your other, your your other alcohol business? That's a totally separate... You know, you know it really is scalable by humans, right? I mean, as long as we can throw enough humans at it. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, that's right. You said yeah. you're doing a lot of it. Yeah, that's it's right. It's really not too bad. Um, Interesting. So... Yeah, we're yeah, I we we're coming through this pretty pretty lucky compared with a lot of other businesses, sure. you know. And uh I I feel I feel so happy that we jumped on it. Not only just from a business standpoint, but you know, I really feel it's something that's making a difference in the world and I mean, I could quickly run through. We've we've done hand sanitizer to the FAA, the state attorney general's office, the state of Utah, we're providing to the coronavirus task force, the IHC NIC unit. We just sent um, gallons upon gallons to um, the four hospitals in the Navajo Nation, um, mm -hmm. just donated it to them because they're really being affected hard down there. Yeah. Um, left there here today. Um, the FBI, the meat inspectors for the USDA, uh, oh yeah. I mean, when I don't care about what your politics are, but when the president stands up and says that they've done a wonderful job organizing PPE, personal protection equipment, that's bullshit. It has not, there has been no organization and every federal agency has been left to fend for itself. Mm, yeah. it's, it's appalling because yeah. I've talked to them all. I, I really have. And it's insane. And so, um, you know, uh, the human um, condition four weeks ago was scared. I mean, it was really scared. I had every police department from Provo to North Ogden we've donated product to. Um, you know, and, and it's because they were scared. They, yeah. were, they were at our door scared. And so um, it's felt good. I say it's felt good to do good. And we've mm -hmm. had a, and we've had a good time doing it, and it's stressed it's stressed our system, it has stressed our people, yeah, we've worked our asses off, and uh, but 
I think we will all look back at it going like, what a time, what a ride, you know, right. crazy. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's so good to hear. Um, and I know, uh, you know, just psychologically, um, how, you know, how the human brain works when the fear sensors are, are kicked on the, um, the ability to reason is kind of shut off. Right. And so what you don't want is people afraid first responders and medical professionals and FB and coronavirus, you don't want them scared because they're the, the part of their brain that uses common sense and logic is kind right. of turned off when fears clicked on. Yeah. And so while you, you know, while some people might go, okay, it's just, you know, it's just hand sanitizer or whatever. It's like that level of protection for somebody to go, I know I have, I can clean my hands. I know that my hands are safe. I know that that's a good thing that that has repercussions not only in the supply chain, which means that the big people don't have to be supplying that. They can keep filling their bottles and getting them out to the big retailers so that you and your neighbors can go buy cases of them for whatever reason you think you need cases of hand sanitizer. Right. Um, but it also helps the, the psychology and the safety of, of the public. Uh, we want for people on the front lines to feel safe, to feel protected, because they can then, um, you know, they can then do their thing. So, yeah, uh, awesome. I mean, it's it's been it's been amazing to um, to work through it and just like, you know, the FBI, for example, when I was on the phone with them, they're like, hey, we're still out doing our job. We're still out catching the bad guys. Right. Yeah, I didn't stop. Right. And so, you know, to have that level of, um, you know, we know we're going to be able to touch our face after whatever we do because we've cleaned right. our hands, you know, is is a certain level of of comfort you know yeah and uh yeah it's been it's been a fascinating experience and i don't think it's over yet based on the phone calls we're still getting you know oh no and then you know i i start thinking to the future and you know i i'll tell this story a little personal story but i was engaged to a woman oh 10 12 years ago and one of the things i you know people people have their quirks and one of hers was um she would hand sanitizer wash her hands after any time she left the house anytime she went into a public building anything basically how we're all living now right right, right and i right. thought what a lunatic this woman was turns uh, out i was the lunatic you're the crazy <laughs> one <laughs> Turn, yeah, she's, been, she's been vindicated yes totally totally vindicated oh you know? my gosh so it's funny um, life will come around and slap you in the head oh it's so um, true yeah well uh well steve we're at uh you know, we're, we've, we've got, a got about, um, 45 minutes into this thing. So, oh, wow. okay. um, time flies when you're time flies for sure. Yeah. Um, any, uh, everybody to death. Oh, no, no, no. That was fast. I, I was, I just had to look down. I was like, Oh geez, uh, we should probably, uh, we should probably get wrapping this up. So, um, you know, I guess for people who, who listen, um, or view it or however they partake of the content, um, Outside of if someone's like, yeah, I've got trailers full of uh, hand sanitizer packaging that yeah. nobody has called me about, which is not all that likely to have happened right now. Right, right. Um, but anything that the the packaging community can do um, for support, whether it's just maybe spreading the word about what you guys are doing, because you can ship this stuff, right? You could ship it if you yeah, need. Yeah, you know, that's a fascinating thing, too. We've been wholesalers, right, of liquor. Yeah. Like so we haven't had to worry about the the retail side of this. So 
like once and going back to our space considerations, we don't have any shipping stations or anything in our current place and right. uh, from a from a consumer side. So but in our new building, that's you know on the list of things to do is to get better at shipping um, to consumers and all that sort of stuff. So basically, you know, my advice is go to fivewisevodka.com um, and, you know, that links to the website. We're going to have, right now we're doing pre-orders for pickup on there. We finally got to that point. Yeah. Um, pretty soon we'll be, we'll be shipping. Okay. And um, yeah, so, you know, just support us. Drink Five Wise Vodka if you're a drinker or, you know, um, that's, that's the thing that, you know, that's our core business. That's what we know right. is going to be here. And, you know, we're a Utah product and we... Um, we support the community in so many different ways. Obviously. And, and, uh, you know, it, you know, when people say buy local, you know, I, I like to think we're a great example of what can happen when you do that, when you do do that, because, you know, we give back, um, just, um, I'm not even sure if you're aware of this, but before the whole hand sanitizer thing hit, we had made the statement publicly that as, um, people were getting laid off from bar and restaurant jobs that we would donate our March and April profits back to the community um, to be given out to, to the, uh, the servers and restaurant people oh, man, so through, awesome. the, through the Salt Lake city downtown Alliance and the Ogden downtown Alliance. We've given, I think we've committed about $70,000 so far and there's wow. more, more to come um, as we figure out what our profits actually are. But yeah. uh, yeah, so you know that's I like to say that when you buy local, you're actually affecting your local economy more than just yeah, uh, you know, supporting a local company. We're 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 really proud of the efforts we we give back um, to in, in this from in the whole Salt Lake Valley. So yeah, okay. that's awesome. So yeah, everyone go out support. Uh, I've got the I've got the Porter's Peach here. You can. Get some of that. You can get the Five Wise Vodka. Uh, if you're here in Utah and you don't know about Five Wise Vodka and you're into you know, vodka and spirits, I don't know where you've been, but um, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's. Uh, and can people outside of can people outside of Utah? Well, yeah, you mentioned some yeah. places you can buy so, it. Yeah, go to GreatAmericanCraftSpirits.com. Okay. Uh, or it's great G A C S dot com. So Great American Craft Spirits. Okay. And they can ship to a majority of the states. Awesome. And a little secret right now, if you buy a bottle from them, there's a free bottle of hand sanitizer attached. Oh. So. <laughs> well, is, is it this guy right here? The little It is. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Yeah. So cool. Well, Steve, it's been great. Uh time went by really quick. Yeah. Uh, thanks for thanks for all that you guys are doing and uh not only helping people with some great spirits, but also uh clean, keeping their hands clean as well. So yeah. appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, definitely. Okay, thanks. Well, I hope that was informative, uh, educational, sort of entertaining. Um, and, and really, you know, we're all kind of in this together. I thought it was a fascinating story of a business and an industry that had to do a really quick pivot from FDA letter to product on the, on, you know, on the shelf or available in the store. So once again, uh, if you want to support uh, Steve and what's going on in Utah, you can obviously go to Ogden, uh, you can buy stuff up there, uh, you can support them uh, through buying products, uh, whether it's their hand sanitizer or their, uh, you know, their vodkas and their whiskeys. Um, you can go to their website, which is right here, fivewivesvodka.com, or uh, if you are out of the state 
and you want something shipped to you, uh, it's, it's really tasty. Uh, during the interview, I had the peach whiskey, uh, and it's, it's a nice, smooth uh, drink. So uh, you can go to gacraftspirits.com, and you can search for, uh, for their uh, vodka and whiskey. And if you order it, like Steve said, you'll get a little bottle of hand sanitizer, which is kind of fun. So uh, thanks so much for listening and or watching. And until next time, this has been Adam Peake from the People of Packaging Podcast. Thanks.